want me to tell you about the juice? Don't care. In the beginning, we used to live in caves. Deep, deep in the center of the earth. Wait. Scary places full of strange and wonderful creatures, all with one thing in common. Mm hmm Stealing the ends of penises. No, you idiot. The love of heart. No cutting penises off. Do you want the story or not? You may continue, but I know it's true. The penis thing. Rabbis use them for earplugs. And moving on. Hi, Hitler, and welcome to a new episode of Huba Ziga with your two hosts, Fred Roll and JT. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I have no idea what you just said there, apart from the first part, which I won't repeat. Um, we'll probably repeat <laughs> the actual podcast anyway. Um, yeah, hello, everyone. We're back again, um, back on the weekly, which is good. Um, what are we looking at this week then, Bread Roll? Uh, well, this week we're looking at a bit of a strange one, because off air last week, um, we couldn't decide what we are going to do, so we kind of pulled this one out of a hat, so to speak. Um, it's called Jojo Rabbit, which is a movie I've kind of looked at, I've flicked past it a few times, um, and never actually clicked on it, which is strange, because it's a World War II movie, and that usually piques my interest. It's directed, produced, and written by Taiki Waititi, I think I'm saying his name right. It came out in September the 8th, 2019, it runs for 108 minutes, and it had a budget of 14 million, and it came with a box office of 90.3 million, so it made a shitload of money, which is strange, because again, it's a film I've never even heard of coming out the only thing i'd ever heard about it is when it first appeared on disney plus a little while ago ah yeah this is the film that we want to watch since he got it on blu-ray he likes it it's one of his favorite films of sort of the last few years and he's been harking on me since he got it you must watch it you've got to watch it and been on the back burner and then like you say last week off air we were like what the hell should we do and i said well why don't we do that just because i've been meaning to watch it for ages and you you were like obviously yeah, you thought about it as well. So here we are looking at it now. Absolutely. And um, I didn't really know too much about it. Obviously, I knew, um, oh, I know Taiki Waititi. I know everyone absolutely loves him, but I've got to be honest, I'm not a big fan of him or his work. Um, obviously, I hadn't seen this one up at this point in time. Um, obviously, let you know what I think about it at the end as usual. But um, yeah, I'm not really like blown away by this guy. I find him more annoying than anything else. Um, but obviously, I know he's very, very popular. But as the sort of like the intro was coming up, I was like, oh, there's actually got a pretty good cast. We've got like Alfie Allen in there, Sam Rockwell, uh, Scarlett Johansson and stuff. So it's not a bad cast at all. He's quite a good cast, isn't he? You've got a couple of A-listers and you've got obviously a couple of English actors as well in there. Um, then a couple of kids who I think was pretty much... Um, yeah, it was a definitely a weird one. I mean, I just got a new TV as well, and this is the first thing I watched on it, Bread Roll, um, on Friday night, other than a little bit of TV here. The first sort of big thing I watched on it, got a new uh, the other one blew up. I don't know if I told you actually, so I've got a new Samsung downstairs. Oh, fair, nice. I can't go wrong with a bit of Samsung there. Um, one of the the act, obviously, the two main characters are um, like the girl and obviously the young boy, but um, Tomasin McKenzie, who plays the girl of the the Jew in the wall, as it were, in this movie. I'm not being horrible. That is part of the plot, people. Um, she's um, been in a few things. She was in the Hobbit Battle of Five Armies, um, but she's in two films that I've been meaning to watch for a while. One's called The Last Night in Soho, and the other one's called The Power of the Dog, which is a fairly recent one that came out on Netflix. Um, but other than that, I've, I've not seen the um, like the boy in anything before. But yeah, like you say, it probably was his first movie. On IMDb, he had been in one thing before. Let me just get him back up. So uh, Roman Griffin Davis is his name, and he was in something called Silent Night before this, and then he did this. In fact, no, he was in Silent Night after this. <laughs> so I'm lying, got it around the wrong way. So this was his first thing. 
yeah, I mean, he's not even that old, is he? So I don't know where they, they found him, but there we go. We'll go through what we think of him as we go through the synopsis. Can I just put a little disclaimer out before we do go through this synopsis? I think we should probably say this, Red Roll, that before we do start, obviously this film is quite tongue-in-cheek and um, the views sort of describe it are a bit of a satirical view and sort of how the Nazis perceived them and they definitely are not shared by us. Just thought I'd better throw that out there before we get cancelled. No, absolutely. It is satire through and through. Um, but with so much kind of accuracy thrown in there as well, I like you say, from like the point of view of like the Germans and everything, it's um it's pretty crazy. So if we start laughing, or this synopsis, <laughs> which I have not proofread from Wiki, it's not we're laughing at obviously the situation they're in, which is obviously absolutely horrendous. Um, it's more about the way this movie um, was kind of done, as it were. So um, let's take a look at the old synopsis here. Thanks to whoever wrote this for Wiki. So during the collapse of the Nazi Germany in fictional city of Falkenheim, 10-year-old Johannes Jojo Betzler joins the Duchess Junkvolk, I think I'm saying that right, the junior section of the Hitler Youth. Heavily indoctrinated with Nazi ideals, he has an imaginary friend named Adolf, a buffoonish Adolf Hitler. Though a fanatic and a training camp run by Captain Klesendorf, he is nicknamed Jojo Rabbit after refusing to kill a rabbit that proves, um, to prove his worthiness. Pepped up by Adolf, he returns to prove himself, throwing a hand grenade um, by himself that explodes in his face, leaving him scarred and limping. His mother Rosie insists to the now demoted Klesendorf that Jojo still be included. Thus, he is given small tasks like spreading propaganda leaflets and collecting scrap for the war effort. Apologies for kind of stumbling over my words there. My German's not as uh, up to scratch as I'd like it to be. Um, but yeah, that's the intro kind of opening chunk of the movie. What do you think of that one then, JT? I just got to say, Brad, well, I saw the name of that grenade and I thought, is he going to fucking pronounce it's a stealing hand grenade, I think it says, but I was like, no, nah, there's no way. And I don't blame you. Oh, yeah, fair play for getting through that. There were some uh, funky. Um, yes, um, I quite like the intro of this. You get him talking in the mirror as it opens up, doesn't it? And he's sort of talking about the training camp and his devotion to Hitler. And then you get Taiki Waititi, or whatever his name is, who plays Hitler in this film, doesn't he? He appears behind him and he's egging him on. And at this point, I mean, I unfortunately had the synopsis in front of what my dad said that obviously. It's his imaginary friend. It's not actually the real Hitler. But I suppose if you didn't know, you might be like, oh, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah, and then they start doing Heil Hitlers to each other. And um, yeah, it's kind of, it's quite a good intro, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. I mean, I didn't have the synopsis. And as I said, I didn't know much about this film. So at first, when sort of Hitler first appears, like, shit, is that actually supposed to be? Obviously, it looked like Hitler. I knew it was Hitler, but I, was like, I didn't clock that it was like an imaginary friend until a little bit later on. But the first thing that got me was one that fucking how many times high Hitler has said throughout this movie, obviously tongue in cheek style and everything. But also it's a fucking clothes. I mean, I know the Nazis are known for being the brown shirts, but everyone's dressed in fucking mustard in this. And I couldn't get the bloody mustard man song out of my head. I was like, mustard man, and that sort of shit going on in my head. <laughs> oh, what was his name? Rab, wasn't it? Fucking mustard. Oh, but, oh, oh it was like Rake, wasn't it? Rake Yon, wasn't it? <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. We're talking about Haggard and uh, the CKY boys. But anyway, that's another story. Um, then we get this kind of strange sort of montage of like stuff, some real footage, I believe. We got the Beatles playing, and then he's running through the streets again, Heil Hitler in, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just running along. Like, it reminded me of fucking um, like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and he's running around when he finds <laughs> his golden ticket, and he's all happy and he's running through the streets. But there's little kids going, Hi Hitler, hi Hitler. And again, I assume like where they're. Um, I know it's a fictional town for this particular movie, 
but I assume, for fuck's sake, why can't I remember where it was? But I assume it like one of those proper like um, fanatical like SS type towns and everything where everyone was like airy and everything like that. So the whole running through like saying hi Hitler and everything would for them would just be like a normal boy enjoying his day, wouldn't it? It wouldn't be as obviously as that dark and meaningful as it actually really is. Yeah. I do like it when we, we cut to the training camp and we get old uh, Captain uh, Klensendorf. Sam Rockwell I thought was really good in this film. And old Captain K, as he's known, great. He's going about how he's lost an eye and everything, but he's still like a dead shot and he's shooting that fucking gun in and he's like spinning it around, shooting it under his leg and still hitting the target each time. He's brilliant. I love Sam Rockwell. He's such a kind of, I don't want to say he's like an underrated actor. He's never like the main star of anything as such, apart from Moon, which again is a great movie and it's pretty much just him mm. in it. Um, and Matt Berry as well, briefly. Um, but um, yeah, he's he's such a good actor and he's brilliant in this. And I think him and Alfie Allen kind of bounce off each other. Alfie Allen doesn't do a huge amount, but he's kind of his second in command. And we find out they're a little bit more obviously closer than that um, as the movie goes on and such. But yeah, this training camp bit was hilarious. It was good, wasn't it? This he chucks the knife and it bounces out the tree and hits the other kid. And then they're burning books and everything, which we touched on in one of the Indiana Jones films, in fact. Um, and I'll tell you what, when he goes, he asked him obviously to kill that rabbit. I so cute. I'm like, no, I couldn't do that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't like that. So oh, please don't kill it. And then the guy just like kills it and throws it into the woods and stuff. And I'm like, I'm just sort of coming away from this. I mean, you know, I love animals and stuff. I wouldn't just kill an animal for the sake of it at all or anything like that but i'm thinking if you're a soldier and stuff it's more you know save it for the enemy type thing you know what's killing a harm you know a helpless animal gonna sort of achieve or anything like that i suppose it was just more that brainwashing type thing but even though this whole intro was done obviously for comedy effect like the whole burning the books is part of their kind of like fun and games and everything obviously in the in the real world obviously the bit they were taking the piss out of now this is actually generally what these youth camps were like i mean there's a several documentaries on disney plus that quite worth watching they're very interesting but it just shows how fucked up the nazis and obviously the hit the youth and everything really were yeah yeah i mean i haven't seen them but obviously i i know the stories the horror stories uh, i like the fact that older uh, imaginary adolf keeps offering him cigarettes all the fucking time doesn't he it sort of <laughs> runs it runs all throughout the film and then captain k he's getting pissed isn't he and teaching the kids how to throw grenades and that's when jojo chucks on it bounces off a tree and like hitler's just fucking running around with him he does he's like runs with this grenade and then it bounces off a tree and you see shit and it blows up and obviously that's when he um fucks his face up yeah the old steel grand uh what is it steel hand granata or something but um potato mashes they're also known as in the uh on our side of things but um that bit's fucking hilarious because like i say he throws it it lands at his feet and he just looks at the screen he's like oh shit and then it blows up but i was really <laughs> disappointed because he was stood right next to it and then later on like you see like his like sort of first person view of him in the hospital and everything and he's like, all covered in blood then you see him he's just got a couple of little lines on his face i'm like well, one you'd probably be dead obviously it's comedy value for the movie but two i was expecting him to be actually generally kind of like deformed or something yeah, I mean, he's got a few scars. That's about it, isn't it? And I mean, that grenade blows up pretty much at his feet. So, yeah, I'm not sure he would have survived at all. But there we go. Obviously, he has to for the film. Yeah, I love the fact that like, it blows up and it's quite like in your face. It's a massive explosion. And old um, Sam Rockwell and old uh, Captain K just turns around and goes, don't do that <laughs> to the other kids. Yeah, that's good. So... Alone at home one day, Jojo discovers Elsa Kaur, a teenage Jewish girl and his la- in his late sister Inga's former classmate, hiding behind the walls of Inga's attic bedroom. Jojo is both terrified of an aggress- and aggressive towards Elsa. 
The two are left at an impasse, as the revelation of Rosie's hiding of Elsa would lead to the execution of all three of them. Inspired by an off-hand rant by Kleisendorf, Jojo continues to interact with her to uncover her Jew secrets and make a picture book titled Yuhu Jew, so he can expose the Jewish people, allowing the public to easily recognise her kind. Despite this, he finds himself clashing with innocence and starts forming a friendship with her. Elsa is both sad and unamused by Jojo's beliefs, using surreal anti-Semitic canards to challenge his dogmatism. Jojo slowly becomes infatuated um, with the caring and engaging Elsa, frequently forging love letters from her fiancé, Nathan, and begins questioning his beliefs, causing Adolf to scold him over his diminishing patriotism. Now, this is sort of a fair chunk of the movie, but um, I really like the chemistry between two on this one, uh, Elsa and Jojo. I thought it was really good for the movie. Yeah, I thought they were both excellent. Obviously, she's a bit, a lot, quite a bit older than him. He was really good, and like you say, the chemistry between them was was really good, really well done. I was surprised, he, like he hadn't heard her in the house before. I don't know how long she'd been there, but obviously looking for his mum, and then he goes upstairs and he finds her. But I'm thinking, how long she'd been there? Why have you not heard her before? Yeah, I mean, I suppose sort of sister. He went off to like Nazi camp or whatever it was, and his sort of sister passed away and stuff. So I suppose yeah. maybe he didn't know that at the time. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I do like it. Up and he says, "Are you a ghost?" And she's like, "Yes." And then she takes a knife off him, doesn't she? She's pretty sneaky. She's quite good. Yeah, that bit where she first, like, he first discovers her is brilliant. Though the way they do it, like a horror movie, isn't it? Like you see, like a hand coming around the corner of the door or something, yeah. or and she's like stalking him and everything. Um, yeah, I just thought it's brilliant. Some of the stuff that goes on, and the way like Hitler, or not the real Hitler, but you know, he's kind of imaginary Hitler and stuff. Um, He's like saying, <laughs> coming up with all these plans about how they're going to like, like stop her and everything. And then he obviously over the movie he starts getting more and more kind of disheartened as Jojo becomes like more infatuated with her. Yeah, and then when he goes back into the room where Elsa is, he's got a fucking colander on his head, isn't he? And some kind of makeshift shield as he sort of goes. To... And then we get Hitler offering him cigarettes yet again. He's like, "I'm only ten for God's sake." And old Hitler or Taiki's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm just a bit stressed." <laughs> well, it's quite funny. <laughs> Another character we meet around here as well. I think is she's not in it that much, but she's brilliant. Is um Scarlett Johansson plays his mum, doesn't she? And she's fucking brilliant. Like he's like talking to her at dinner tables at one point, and she's like, "Oh, it's so sad for you. You lost your mind, but it's sadder for me because I've got to live with you." And she just comes out with loads of random fucking quips like that. She loves fucking drinking as well, doesn't she? She's like, it's drinking wine. Then at one point, she's just sat with El, drinking wine out of the bottle. She doesn't fuck about, does she? No, she doesn't, obviously, because um, we don't ever find out. I, we did, I must have missed it, Um, but we don't find out if Jojo's dad is actually alive or dead. All they know is that he's off fighting, don't we? And in the camp, some of the other boys said, oh, your dad's dead, that's why he hasn't come back. And then they don't actually know if he is alive or not. And I don't think we hear any more to that sort of effect in the movie, do we? No, we don't. <laughs> this involved uh, Captain Klensendorf where they're in the swimming pool and he's pissed again isn't he him and fucking Alfie Allen they're just sitting there drinking out of like a hip flask and Hitler's just wearing a random swimming costume at one point in this scene <laughs> brilliant that fucking swimming bit and again they're like <laughs> taking the piss aren't they because he's like um because they're like obviously training soldiers and stuff it was quite crude back then and he just sat there hinting he's like I'm training these guys to be whatever the German word is for like you know um sort of like was underwater sort of like navy sort of commando type things and he goes they're all in their kit and they jump in and he goes i'm training them just in case they ever have to have combat inside a swimming pool and it's just so precise <laughs> of like what you're saying 
Yeah, and then he, I think it's Rebel Wilson, isn't it? He plays like one of the, is it, oh, I can't remember what her name is in the film. But is it her? He says, uh, the kids are drowning again, or is it Alfie Allen? They're fucking all like drowning in the swimming pools, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember exactly what she says, but she kind of scurries over or something like that. <laughs> She's always saying stuff about the Russians, isn't she? It's like, like oh, Russians, you know, they, they eat penises and they, you know, fuck dogs and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> what is kid weird shit? Yeah, it's fucking good, isn't it? There's some quite funny bits here as well when um obviously uh Jojo's talking to Elsa and that trying to find out about like the Jewish people and she's and, like fucking what is it, they're allergic to food and everything and then she says something about there's a queen Jew or something and she lays eggs and Jojo's like, Okay, can you tell me about her? Where does she lay these eggs? <laughs> Oh, it's fucking brilliant, isn't it? Like, when he first meets her, he's like, you know, tell me about the Jews. And she's like, well, like you, but human. And just sort of completely yeah. fucking mugs him off. Yeah, and then obviously he starts writing the letters um, from Nathan. Uh, he does feel bad. He writes a breakup letter, doesn't he? Saying, oh, I, I want to finish with you and everything. Then he kind of feels bad and writes another letter saying, I don't actually want to break up with you. And that's when he does start sort of turning and sort of start liking her, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that is good. And I thought this was actually pretty good because obviously this is where he sort of starts to think for himself a little bit more, isn't it? He writes that and he sees that she's generally upset and then he like writes another letter. He's just magically finding these letters. But I like how she's kind of knowing about it and lets him write them. It's mm. obviously how they kind of end up kind of like breaking the ice and learning how to communicate because he's obviously still quite brainwashed and fanatic and she just fucking hates Nazis and who could blame her? And it's just how that kind of like, how that kind of, distortion of reality kind of breaks down the barrier between them. I thought it was quite well done for a movie that is otherwise obviously a bit of a comedy. Yeah, it was. I do like it when she says that um, they can read minds, Jew- Jewish people can read minds, but are too thick. So she's like properly fucking winding him up and he's obviously taking it all in. Yeah, and later on we obviously see that book that he writes, the You Who Do one, which is great. And there's a bit of the dinner table. No, I think it's at the dinner table. It's when um, Scarlett Johansson's talking to... Um, Obviously, the girl and everything, and she's like saying, "Oh, my son, he's so much of a fanatic." Was it? It took him three weeks to get over the fact that his grandfather wasn't blonde. Yeah, here's some. <laughs> I seen there's some good one-liners, um, and uh, Elsa actually asked um, Jojo at this point, just before we move on, if she wants her him to kiss her or her to kiss him, doesn't she? And he's, he's like, "Oh, well, I don't know." Um, so there's kind of that little sort of moment as well. Yeah, which kind of comes into play a bit later on. There's some really subtle stuff that goes on here, which I like, because um, obviously Captain K, or Alfie Allen and Sam Rockwell's characters, obviously they're, they're really good um, throughout this, and you do see them like several times, but you can tell that they're quite close, obviously in love with each other, um, which was obviously illegal to be gay, basically, in Nazi Germany. Um, and again, that sort of comes into it, and there's a bit um, that sort of like, alludes to that, because they're... Um, Captain Gay's office is like, I've designed a new uniform and it's like fucking pink feathers and all this stuff. It's like <laughs> dynamics. My cape, so um, I've got like a gun with a speaker that play bad music to scare the English. <laughs> I've got like bright pink, yeah. cosmetic, and it's fucking going off on it. <laughs> yeah, it's good. And we do see him in it a bit later. Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking stupid. But yeah, it is um, it is really good, and the way it's done is um. It's actually probably the best section of the movie. So much is going on here, and just that relationship between, um, obviously Joe, Joe, and Elsa is just really, really good at this stage. Yeah. 
So gradually, Rosie is revealed to be part of the German resistance to Nazism. Among her tasks is spreading anti-Nazi messages around town. One afternoon while she was out, the Gestapo come to investigate. Klesendorf arrives and helps Jojo and Elsa deceive the Gestapo regarding Elsa's identity. Later, Jojo finds Rosie hanged at the gallows in the public square. Devastated, he returns home and tries to stab Elsa before breaking down in tears. Elsa uh, comforts him and also reveals that Jojo's lost father has been working against Hitler from abroad. Oh, there we go. Jojo's beliefs on Nazism quickly shift and he starts seeing the regime's inhumanity. With no money, the pair starts scavenging food from the waste bins around the city. Okay, this bit with the Gestapo, I mean, the Gestapo were just fucking horrible people anyway. But it's old Stephen Merchant. He looks like a fucking yeah. grasshopper. <laughs> I like Stephen Merchant. I liked him back in the office days. Um, I thought he was a great character in this. And that scene with the Gestapo is probably my favourite scene in the whole film. I mean, the bit where they're high, fucking ten of them, it just goes round and round in circles. And every time, like, when Elsa comes in, they do it again. When Jojo comes in, they do it again. It's just, it's quite funny, although it's but it is good. Um, one one character we haven't mentioned yet, I think deserves a mention, is Yorkie, which is uh, Jojo's fat friend. I mean, no offence to Archie. I just got IMDB up here. Um, and he's now a soldier, isn't he, somehow? He's quite funny. He's brilliant. He's got some cracking, again, like really good one-liners a bit later on in the movie, but I really liked him in this film. He's yeah. like one of those side characters that is just like, you, you just smile as soon as he comes on screen because the comedy he brings is actually genuine comedy. And I was laughing at some some point in this movie, like genuinely laughing instead of just sort of sniggering. Yeah, yeah. So, like about... Um... Archie Yates, the kid who plays him again, I'm not sure if he'd been in anything before this, but he didn't even try and put on an accent, did he? He just spoke in an English accent. A stupid German accent. He's like, no, I'm just going to speak in my actual proper accent, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, but yeah, this could stop a bit. I, mean, I don't normally like Stephen Merchant, um, but he was really good in this bit. And again, it's actually, all these sort of movies, like, it must have been so scary back then. I mean, it was fucking horrible anyway, but obviously this Gestapo weren't messing around, would you? That'd be like the last people you want to see fucking knocking on your door. They do still, yeah. even though this is like a comedy and it's satirical and such, they do st- still add like a, ten- like a tension to this scene. Even though you're in there, you think, yeah, it's a comedy, not nothing drastic's going to happen. Nothing horrible on screen is going to appear or anything, but it's still that a bit of tension in there. And you're like, how are they going to get out of this one? Yeah, I mean, luckily for them, Klensdorf comes along, doesn't she? Be uh, Inga, who's Jojo's sister, and then she's got the passport, hasn't she? And I mean, they did look alike, and then she gets the date of birth wrong, doesn't she? But luckily, Klensdorf's looking at the passport, and he goes, "Yeah, that's correct." And then obviously, the Gestapo leave, but um, yeah, he he actually got them out of it, didn't he? In the end, yeah. As soon as he sort of came in, because him and Alfie Allen just randomly come in carrying a bicycle for no reason whatsoever yeah. after the Gestapo <laughs> come in. And obviously, uh, there to back him up, and it's like, all right, now you know these guys are good guys. I didn't know if, like, maybe he was, you know, there's something to do with the mum and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, the way that bit happens, and obviously he helps him, is really good. But um, it's pretty sad, wasn't it? And the way it was shot was really good. Um, when he finds his mum hanging at the gallows, like mm. he's just walking along, and then he just sort of see her sort of shoes, obviously hanging, sort of being her feet, and he recognises her shoes and looks up. I mean, it's pretty heartbreaking, really. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Wasn't it? I mean, you've seen her shoes all throughout the film. That's kind of how she's identified, isn't it? You always see her shoes and she likes dancing. Um, and there's been a thing going on throughout the film where he can't tie his shoelaces and he ties her lace, doesn't he, while she's hanging there. And then he's just holding on to her fucking crying. It is. It's probably sad, actually. Um, I think it is quite funny, though. There's a line that Stephen Merchant's got 
and when he's like, you and your friends may have heard a rumor Hitler only has one ball. This is four. I thought that was quite <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> and there's a bit as well, just going back to um, the mum as well, there's a bit at the dinner table where her and uh, Jojo are kind of arguing. She goes, oh, you want your dad, do you? And she goes, just puts on his jacket and like, Smith goes to the fireplace and just like puts like coal dust over her face for a beard and then just starts pretending to be him. And I thought that was brilliant because then obviously that kind of softens Jojo up a bit and they end up dancing a little bit. Um, like I say, dancing is quite a big thing in this movie, but I thought that was a really good scene between them. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I first thought, what is she doing? She just starts smearing her face. Line as well, so I don't know if she's a bit pissed at that point. But yeah, it was really good. I mean, Scarlett Johansson's excellent in this film. Um, and the bit which said there where he um, Elsa, he does kind of stab her. He gets the knife into his shoulder sort of very slightly, doesn't he, before um, she sort of stops him. Yeah, yeah, I was, getting, I, mean, I was kind of thinking this bit. It's like, why would he be stabbing him? Is he like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, he's probably so confused, isn't he? I mean, that's the thing, you've got mm. to look at this. He's probably, his head is so probably fucked up from being like a fanatic and then thinking for himself, losing his mum and all that sort of stuff, right? I suppose he only doesn't do a very good job because his heart's not really in it. He doesn't want to hurt her. He just feels like he should because he's just so lost at the moment. But um, fair play, she just kind of stands there and takes it and then obviously goes and gives him a hug, basically. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's young, isn't he? He's thinking he's got nothing now. His dad's off somewhere, probably never going to see him again. His mum's now dead. I mean, and obviously he thinks he should hate her because that's the Nazi belief. So, yeah, you would be very confused, particularly at that age. I mean, even at my age, I'd be fucking confused, I think, in that situation. There's a couple of fucking random bits before we do move on. We get Hitler just sat at the table, old, uh, or the imaginary Hitler, which is a huge fucking chocolate unicorn, don't we, for no apparent reason. Yeah, I swear early in the film or something, he's like, oh, I've got to go. I'm having unicorns for dinner tonight. And then just fucking runs off somewhere. And, and then that, that's, been, that's a bit where he just dives out the fucking bedroom window, actually, when he exits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be a demon. Matt Berry in Toast of London when he just dives out of windows when he's been shagging old Ray Purchase's wife. But anyway, <laughs> completely different story there. And then as we were a bit earlier I think I think it's in this sort of section here before we move on when he's obviously now a soldier and he fucking fires that rocket and it just goes straight through the house doesn't it yeah, he just he drops just... it and it just fires for a house yeah it's like one of those like Panzer Shreks or something and he just turns around and like hi Jojo and fucking drops it it's one of those proper slapstick moments but it's really funny yeah it's really good so now following Hitler's suicide the Allies initiate an offensive on Falkenheim Weakened power, the civilian population, including the Jungvolk, is armed in battle. Despondent, Jojo hides until it ends, with the Allies winning. As a Jungvolk, he is seized by Soviet soldiers alongside Klenzendorf, who tells Jojo to look after Elsa and tears off Jojo's Jungvolk coat while calling him a Jew so that the other soldiers do not harm him. Klenzendorf is then executed by a firing squad. Fearing that Elsa will leave him alone now that she um, can be free, Jojo tells her Germany won the war. Recognising her despair, he forges a letter from Nathan claiming that he and Jojo have figured out a way to smuggle her to Paris. Elsa confesses that Nathan died of tuberculosis the previous year. Jojo tells her he loves her and she tells him she loves him like a brother. A dishevelled Adolf angrily confronts Jojo for siding with Elsa, but Jojo kicks him out the window. Outside, Elsa sees American soldiers and realises the truth, slapping Jojo in the face for lying. Then they dance, now free. And that pretty much sums up the end of the movie. But just before we do that, just for some reason, it reminded me of a bit early in the film that fucking it cracked me up when um, Klendendorf tells 
Alfie Allen to get him some German shepherds, and he actually brings in German shepherds, oh. doesn't he? Not attack dogs. And that bit just fucking made me crack up for some reason. Yeah. It's like, yes, yes, I understand. It's a silly name for a dog, but that's not what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, it was quite funny. His loads of them just stood there. He's like, go, go. Yeah. I mean, the, the sort of comedy between the two of them is really good. There's a really good bit in this part as well, where um, obviously, like you say, the uh, Jung Volker, they're all sort of battling or fighting as well because they're so desperate. Bit where Rebel Wilson's character just straps a grenade to a kid, doesn't she? And she's like, "Go and hug the Americans." It's quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking again. It's one of the sort of thing that would happen. And there's a fucking cracking line here from JoJo's um, little mate when he's like saying like, "Oh, Adolf has killed himself and all this stuff." And he's like, "Our only friends are the Japanese, and just between you and me, they don't look very Aryan." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great, isn't it? And then this is where we see old. His bloody uniform, isn't it? He's like there in battle. He's got fucking frilly bits hanging out and everything going on. Yeah, he comes out of like his um, pistol and stuff. And then Alfie Allen's got the gun with the fucking monophone strapped to the top of it, doesn't he? It's brilliant. <laughs> oh, he's pretty stupid, isn't it? But he came good in the end, old cat. At first, I was like, "What's he doing?" I kind of again, I had the synopsis in front of me, and I wish I didn't. But I was trying to break this down so I got my notes in the right places, and I kind of wish I did because I knew a couple of days. I knew Rosie was going to die before I saw it, which. I mean, it, it didn't stop it being heartbreaking, but I knew it was coming, which was a shame. Um, but yeah, I'm good. He obviously, like I say, in the synopsis there, takes off Jojo's jacket, pretends he's a Jew and sort of goes, go, fucking go. And then obviously the soldiers let You don't see uh, Klesendorf get killed. You just hear the, the firing squad, don't you? Which is, um, again, it's quite sad because he was a good character. I know he was a Nazi. I don't know if that's such a good thing, but he was a, a good Nazi and I use that term very loosely. Yeah, he was a good character, and I think his story was like he doesn't believe in it, obviously because he's having a relationship mm. with um Alfred Allen's character, who I keep forgetting his bloody name, but um you can tell his heart probably wasn't actually in it, but he probably loved his country and he was just doing what he had to do. Not that you can justify anything like that, but no, he was a great character, and I thought the bit where um obviously the Allies come in and they sort of you know say today, and Jojo goes back to speak to Elsa. Again, it's quite touching, isn't it? Because you feel like, oh, don't lie to her, because he's told her that Germany had won, so she's got to stay here and everything. But you can tell he's literally, he's lost everything now, hasn't he? Like, all his friends are dead, um, his mum's dead and everything, and he's just worried that he's going to be left alone if she, um, she realises she's free and she can leave. So, again, you can kind of, like, get the emotions that are running through his head right now. Absolutely, yeah. Finkel was Alfie Allen's character. MDB, I couldn't remember either myself. Um, yeah, I mean, is... Um... The Yorkie dead. I can't remember if we see him or not. I don't know if, if we ever see him again. The little battle part. I don't know if he does survive or not. I can't remember. No, I can't remember either. I think he might do because I think he must tell him. Oh, yeah. I think he's the one who tells him that um, they've kind of won, haven't they? they just, he just finds mm. him sat there or something. He's like, oh, you can, you know, you and your girlfriend can be free now or something like that. So, yeah, yeah maybe yeah. he's still alive. Yeah, I can't imagine them killing him off, to be honest. Um, cause he was a good little character. Um, obviously, she knows that he's been blagging the whole time. The fact that these letters, like you said, she's been going along with it. Um, I mean, she comes out pretty quickly with it, doesn't she? She's like, "He's dead. He died last year." And he's like, "Oh shit. Okay, fair enough." But about the bush, then um, <laughs> the bit though where he kicks Hitler out the window, he's like, "Fuck off, Hitler!" and just kicks him out the window. Fuck me, I did laugh out loud with the bit. Yeah, that was good. It was like so fucking like Laurel and Hardy style, the way he just kind of gets sucked out of this window, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like a fucking balloon more than anything else yeah it was good though it did make me laugh and then we get the bit where they go outside um, and this is sort of heart back to the beginning when um, is it dangerous out there and he's like extremely 
And that was in one of the early scenes, wasn't it? When he went out with his mum and he said exactly the same thing to her. So it sort of harked back. Yeah. And there was, again, that little touching bit because she's obviously wearing his mum's clothes or his sister's clothes. And again, the shoelaces are undone, aren't they? So he kneels down and does her shoelaces up. And then they go outside and she sort of like looks around and realises that like the Yanks are driving around celebrating. And then she just fucking properly slaps him one. And um, yeah. obviously she kind of understands. And then they both just start doing this random dance. <laughs> Yeah, to like heroes for David Bowie, I believe. Uh, I mean, when she slaps him, he's like, yeah, I probably deserve that. And to be fair, he probably did. But, you know, it all came good in the end. Yeah, it's a good ending, I thought. Yeah, wrap that up quite well, actually. Um, so, yeah, speaking of wrapping things up, it's time to give this one some reviews. And I believe it's your turn to go first this week, JT. I believe it is, Brad. Um, yeah, like I said at the start, my old man's been harping on for a couple of years for me to watch this now. So I'm glad I did. Um, and I watched it Friday night score it straight away because I was watching it and I was like, I'm not really sure how to score this. So I had a little bit of a time to think over this and I scored it the next day um, after I sat on it for a bit. And now I had time to reflect. I really like this film. I thought it was really good. It's definitely a bit different and not really what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting the, the drama so much. And there is a fair bit of serious drama in there mixed in with the comedy. There's some great one-liners and a bit of slapstick as well. Um, I thought the characters were really like are both the two main are really good Elsa and uh, Jojo Yorkie's really funny I mean he had, he had a non-existent accent I thought he wasn't even trying the German accent that's probably a good thing Sam Rockwell is just fucking excellent he's so good as Captain K and Alfie Allen was his sidekick both brilliant I thought older Taika Waititi whatever you want to call him he was a bit hit and misses Hitler some parts were funny and some parts were a bit cringy but overall I thought he was good he did make me laugh Scarlett yeah so she's always good to be fair um, she's probably the only one who had a believable accent all the other ones were a bit ropey but hers was pretty good and her death was quite emotional um, again to be fair and just even going through it again I initially scored this three but I'm actually going to up this to a four because going through it again just talking about it, I really fucking like this film I thought it was really good and really clever um, so I'm upping it from yesterday's score it's going to get a four out of this for me bread roll I think it's really really good and fair for old uh, matey boy, Taiki Waititi, although you don't like him. He tried something a bit different, and I think it really, really worked. So four others for me, Brad. Well, what about yourself? Ah, wunderbar, as they say. Um, <laughs> great job, JT. Um, yeah, for me, I mean, I didn't have a clue like what this film was about. And again, I'd flick past it because I love, well, there's something about the World War II era is obviously crazy and as dark and as fucked up as it was. There's something polarising, I'd like I find about it and I do like watching like the documentaries and movies and such so strange that I never actually clicked on this one before but it's probably because Taika Wahiti was attached to it and like I said I just find him fucking stupid like all the stuff I've seen of his I know he, I think he created um what we do in the shadows but he's not actually in the version that I watch with Matt Berry but I think he's still like a creator of it which isn't too bad um but most of the stuff I've seen that he's done I just really don't like I find his comedy stupid and over the top and I don't like it so it was a pleasant surprise when I put this on. And after, in the first sort of five minutes, I was like, am I going to like this? Am I not? And then I was won over by it. It's, um, it is a good film. And a bit like you, after I watched it last night, I wasn't sure how I was going to score it. But talking through, as we've been doing this review, I may have altered my review a little bit. I'm not too sure. Um, mm. Yeah, great cast. The, all the characters are good. Like you say, Sam Rockwell is a great actor. You know, he's, he's just been in so many good films. And again, even though like, all the kind of known actors in this are all kind of side characters. They all fill up the movie really, really well, and they bring something good to the film. And the two sort of main characters, um, Tomasa and Roman, um, or Tomasin, 
I thought they were really good. They carried the movie nicely. Um, they're both likable characters, and I think they played their parts well, and their chemistry was um, fantastic. Uh, the movie, when I was watching it, I thought, it's going on a little bit long. Even though I was enjoying it, I thought, it's maybe a bit too long. But in reflection, I don't think it is, because, again, it has time to put the drama in, and it balances the drama well with the comedy. Um, so, yeah, I think my score for this one probably going to give it a three right down the middle i did enjoy it and upon thinking about it and talking it through with this review i realized i do actually enjoy it a lot more and i probably will go back and watch it maybe not over and over but it would be a film i definitely put on for a bit of easy watching and a bit of you know sort of dramatic comedy as it were um so yeah three others from me jt oh good stuff Brad. score and maybe i'm just going a little bit over the top but just going through it again and just yeah i did really really enjoy it but i was a bit like you as it was going on i was like it's running a bit long here and then i thought actually no it's not so i had exactly the same thought but yeah good stuff bread roll glad we watched it yeah yeah, yeah absolutely no it's a good shout we just pulled that one like i say like a rabbit out of the hat um so yeah maybe we'll do that more often i'll find some little gems out there but um to anyone who's seen this movie uh let us know what you think of it um I don't know if it's a particularly well-known movie, and obviously it made loads of money, but I don't know if it's like a kind of a cult movie or if it is just well-known and it's just passed me by. But um, let us know your thoughts if you've seen the movie and also let us know what you think of our review. Do you think we reviewed it fairly? Do you think our scores are accurate? Let us know by getting in touch at the Hyperbaric Goats on Twitter. And join us next week because we'll be reviewing Poltergeist, which I believe has having an anniversary. Is that right, JT? Indeed, Red Roll. It's its 40th anniversary, I think, this coming Friday, the 16th, which is also the iPhone release day, but obviously that's something you're not interested in. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll be doing that one over the weekend, so stay tuned for that. It's a bit of a childhood favourite of mine, although, again, as some of the movies we've reviewed in the past, but I haven't seen it for a long time, so it'd be interesting to see if it's stood the test of time there. There we go, one of JT's favourites, and I don't I know I probably have seen bits of it when I was a really young kid, but I've never actually sat down and watched it all the way through. So I'm kind of looking forward to this one because it's quite a popular one and one that I feel I probably should have watched properly by now. Um, So, yeah, join us next week for that one. And for this week, it's Bread Roll signing off. And for me, JT, I've just got one last thing to say. Let whatever they want. People used to say nasty things about me. Oh, this guy's a lunatic. Oh, look at that psycho. He's going to get us all killed. (laughs) 